That's the problem with us. We don't really believe that because if we did everywhere we would go, something would happen. Something spiritual would happen. It really would. Because God has really called us to be uh, Him on the earth because we're carrying Him. And that's really easy to do if you can just get this revelation of all i got to do is show up because I'm carrying Him. And there's not a place on this earth that I can go that He's not because if He happens not to be there, I'm going there. And when I show up there, He's showing up there. You know, and then, see, you become aware of the presence of God and the consciousness that God is there and that God is with you and that He's got you there for a reason. And you just sort of pay attention to what's happening around you spiritually and you'll know what you're supposed to do. You'll know what God is doing. Isn't that the way Jesus worked? He only did what He saw the Father doing. He didn't do a bunch of this other stuff that we do. Okay, because we're always trying to do a bunch of stuff and generate something. And he didn't, all he did was, this is what the Father's doing, this is what I'm doing. I'm just going to show up and see what he does, that's what I'm going to do. That takes the pressure off, doesn't it? That's really what you call, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, living. And that's the way God has really called us to live our lives. He doesn't really call us to live our lives striving and trying to get God to do something. All we've got to do is just be. If we'll be, he'll, he'll be. And something can happen. Amen. Well, I wish y'all believed that more. But you will before it's over with if you hang around me. Because that's really one of the things the Lord was speaking to me about recently. To get me back centered. Uh, let me read this to you. Are y'all good this morning? I am. I'm having a good time already. Okay. See then. This is Ephesians 5 verse 15. I think I might have read this last time I talked in this, in this church. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Everybody say, as wise. That's how God wants us to live our lives, as wise people. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I just told you the best way in the world to redeem your time. Okay? It's by just showing up and being, and being conscious of the presence of God. Uh, we are living in evil days. Obviously, this, you know, we are celebrating an evil Things celebrating maybe is not a good word. Maybe we're remembering an evil today, 9/11. That's it. We're remembering an evil that happened to our country, uh, and you know there's been much more evil that's happened since then. Uh, so we are living in in what Paul was trying to address address here, and he says, therefore, do not be unwise. Okay. But understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what... So wisdom and understanding always go together. Okay? Wisdom leads to understanding. If you, have, if you need to understand of something, wisdom is your key to getting understanding. And, um, you know, if, I don't remember exactly what I shared with you last time. You probably don't either if I don't. Okay? Um, but basically what I said was uh, wisdom... Is, the pro, is, is how to live a prosperous life. Uh, because wisdom brings understanding, which gives us ability to be prosperous in our life and to be successful in our life. And God is really calling us to be successful people. If you're unsuccessful, you're, you're missing your calling. You know, you really are. God wants you to be successful. He is very committed to you being... And I'm totally committed to that because God's totally committed to that. He wants you to be successful in everything He has ordained for your life to do. 
And the way God does that is through wisdom, okay? Is that He releases His wisdom to us to have access to God's wisdom. Amen? And so um, I was wanting to talk to you a little bit about wisdom because I was asking the Lord, okay, Lord, I want to know about wisdom, all right? And I started getting all these images in my mind about wisdom. Unfortunately, most of those images that I had in my mind and most of the concepts I had in my mind did not, they weren't biblical. Okay? And I realized, you know, I've got a, I've got a false view of what real wisdom is. And I've gotten it from, I don't, I've gotten it from, I don't know where I got it from. Maybe an assumption. Maybe television. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe my parents... Maybe the church, you know. <laughs> but I, I realize I don't really view wisdom right. Um, let me just get rid of Andy's... What? Sorry about that. Anyways. Um, first, let me... I'm just going to tell you a couple little things, okay, about wisdom. And then I want to tell you this little thing I found out about wisdom. Because everyone of you in this room should be real interested in this little, little fact. First, wisdom is something we can grow in. That's what it said about Jesus, right? Uh, Luke 2, 52, that Jesus grew in wisdom and favor. Okay, so it's something that can be cultivated in our life, and you can see that as a real good example in the Old Testament in the life of Joseph. Joseph was an idiot at first because he had these revelations from God, and he was telling his brothers about it, and the more he talked to his brothers, the matter they got. So, and these were big guys. You know, you don't go around trash-talking your big brothers. You know, and tell them how they're going to do this. You know, you're going to be in charge. And, I mean, you know, it's like me going to San Juan over there and saying, you know, San Juan, you know, this is the way it's going to be. I'm going to take you out. I'm just going to beat the fire out of you. Well, that would be really unwise for me to start a fight with him, okay? You know, the only thing I can beat San Juan in is running because I can outrun anybody, especially when I'm scared. I got some fast feet. I was really the fastest kid for years. So, but that's what Joseph was did. But you see that in his life. At the end of his life, he was the, one of the wisest men on earth. And he developed a plan that basically saved the, his people, the nation of Israel. He saved them by the wisdom of God that God had given him. And he was recognized for that. Um, you know, uh, Daniel was a very powerful guy in terms of wisdom also. Uh, we all think Solomon was, is, you know, the Bible says he was the wisest man on the face of the earth, but he didn't end well, okay? Um, and that was sort of was a confusing thing, but not really. If you think about wisdom, the Bible says that there's different manifestations of wisdom. That's in Ephesians 3.10. The manifestations or means there's different aspects of wisdom. Solomon lacked this one wisdom, the wisdom of morality and lifestyle. He had no wisdom when it came to morality. He had a lot of wisdom about everything else in the world, but when it came, tell me, when it came to girls, he had no wisdom. And a lot of people don't have wisdom when it comes to the opposite sex. That's one of the reasons that in Ephesians, the great book of architecture of the Christian life, Paul addresses sexuality. Okay, he addresses marriage. Okay, because a lot of people don't have wisdom in that area of life. You can take a man who has a great business and has much wisdom in the area of business or even the area of ministry, but he falls in that area. 
And so that's an area we don't want to, want to miss out on. Daniel, was ex- he excelled in the wisdom of morality and lifestyle. He absolutely refused to indulge in the Babylonian culture at all. He, he just wouldn't do it because he knew it would destroy him. So there's different wisdoms. We grow in wisdom. Uh, and, and, wis- and, and what you'll find is wisdom is absolutely necessary for, for our lives. Um, if you don't have wisdom, you're going to fail in your life. You're just going to fail. You're going to fail in your marriage. You're going to fail in business. You're going to fail in your spiritual life. This, it's just going to create a lot of failure in your, in your life. And so one of the pictures that I had of wisdom uh, was this old guy that was sort of reclusive from everybody else. He was the wise sage that people went to for advice. And he had sort of a look like some of you have right now on their face. Like this sort of this sour look. Like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but that's sort of how we do in church, uh, is we have a bad look on our face. A lot of Christians have bad looks on their face. And that's sort of how I always viewed a person of wisdom. They were serious. They were stoic. They were intense. Okay? And so we sort of emulate. We want to be looking like people of wisdom, so we get serious. We get stoic. We get intense. Okay? And we think that's what wisdom is, or at least I did. I think a lot of people do because a lot of people act that way, especially Christians. Okay? Have you, ever, have you noticed this fact? That people in the world seem to act more happy than Christians. Now, it may be that because they are just oblivious. I mean, because I remember as a kid there was bad things happening in the world. I was just as happy as the day is long. You know, and they were saying, you know, we got to practice. A lot of you older people, you had to crawl under your desk at school to practice, uh, you know, getting bombed by Russia or the Soviet Union back in those days. I was happy as a lark crawling under the, t- the t- Come on, <laughs> this is a break. We get to crawl under the desk, you know, instead of having to listen to some boring discussion. <laughs> So I was oblivious. That doesn't seem too wise. Uh, so some people may be happy for the wrong reasons. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but what I have, man, I'm really telling you that because I want wisdom that affects my life right now. Right this second, the tomorrow morning when I get up, I want wisdom that's affecting me right now. I want to be, be wise all the time in everything I do. Because I believe that's how God wants us to live. So I asked the Lord, Lord, what is really biblically, if we're saying, Lord, give us wisdom, what is, what is that going to look like in my life? Am I going to be this standoffish, sourpuss-faced guy, unhappy all the time, it seems, sitting over to the side, never doing nothing with my life? I'm thinking, that don't seem like a good life to me. You know, that's not good. You know, I just don't seem like that's a good thing. Maybe it does to you. Well, it doesn't look that way in the Bible. Okay? This is amazing what I found about wisdom in the Bible. I want you to look at Proverbs uh, chapter 3, verse 13. And this is just crazy. Okay? This is crazy. It's crazy happy, you know? Because this is what it says. It says, happy... Everybody say happy. happy. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gets understanding. Happy. So on a practical level, wise people should be the happiest people on the earth. 
Because that's what the Bible... And I looked up that word, happy. You know, it doesn't mean some other special word. It really does mean happy. You know? It's not like some, you know, we're going to switch this word around to kind of generate some happiness in the church. It really does mean happy. And I got to thinking about my life, looking at my life like, am I happy? Because if I'm not happy, something's wrong with me. Now, you can take and substitute other words in there. I used to be big into this thing between joy and happiness. I mean, I was a real stickler on that. But you know what? The Bible's not a real stickler on that. That's what I discovered. I was, but the Bible wasn't. Don't you love it when God says, why are you such a stickler on that, Byron? I'm not a stickler on that. I like happy. In fact, God is the most happy being there is. He is absolutely happy. He's thrilled. He's thrilled. Much to our disbelief, God is not sitting up in heaven in consternation this morning, wringing His hands. He's happy. He's happy with Himself. Okay? And so God really wants to give us some insight on being happy. And the insight is this. A man or a woman of wisdom is a happy person. They really are. They're happy. Now, you can substitute other words. Here's some other words. Joy, satisfaction, fulfillment, pleasure. Those are all words we could substitute there. Uh, I found this with a lot of people. I've had, this is what happens, and it's probably happened to some of you too. People will come to you and talk about their problems. Well, I'm, not, I'm just not happy in my marriage. Uh, I'm just not fulfilled on my job. I'm just no longer getting any pleasure out of doing this ministry. See, people use this word all the time. And you know what? It's really important when people say that to you because they're giving you a clue into their heart. Because God created us to be happy people. And a lack of happiness, a lack of pleasure, a lack of joy in us is an indication that something's wrong in our lives. It's, okay, I mean, some of you may not be liking this. I hope you're not because it didn't, I didn't like it at first because I began to look at my life and the areas of my life where I was unhappy. And I realized, you know what? That wasn't me just being a bad person. It was God. It was the Holy Spirit trying to get my attention that something was off in my life. Something was off in my life because, because there was not this happiness inside of me. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be happy every second of the day, every moment, every hour. And doesn't mean all your circumstances are going to be happy. That's a, that's a falsehood. Okay? But the truth is, we should be happy people. We should be the happiest people on the earth because we have God. Every, and, and, and here's the other truth. Everybody out there, we have this one thing in common with the worst sinner out there, is they're looking for happiness too. We're all looking for happiness. God created us for that hunger to live a satisfied life. You cannot tell me this morning you're not looking for satisfaction in your life. If you really want to get right down to it, uh, Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so that come seeking marriage counseling because they're not finding happiness in their mate, in their home life. That should give you a hint. This is really important. Okay? Are y'all, are y'all connecting with this? So what God wants to do is get us to begin to change the way we think about being happy and about what the Bible really says that being happy is a really an awesome thing. It's something that God created as a, a desire in us to be happy. I'm going to forget all the other words just to make it simple. I'm not going to go after pleasure, fulfillment, and all that because it gets too confusing. I'm just going to say happy. It means all the same thing. God created mankind for happiness. Now, here's, here's the thing. 
It's, what we, it's how we pursue. It's, it's, it's how we go about becoming happy people. That's really the key thing. Because the world out there is trying to be happy. Okay? And we're trying to be happy. You are trying to be happy. Even though you may act like it's cool and it's wisdom to not act happy, you're giving yourself away. You lack wisdom. And you're not cool. You're uncool. Okay? You're just not cool no more. You may used to be cool. But when you made a decision in your mind to be cool, you quit being cool. Did y'all know that about being cool? You know, when you decide you're going to be cool, you are no longer cool. Because coolness is just something that comes out of you. You know, it ain't something you decide on one day. I'm going to be cool, uh, you know, and I'm going to dress a certain way, and I'm going to act a certain way, and that's going to make me cool. That doesn't make you cool. It makes you a fake. You know, it really does. You know, I heard years ago, uh, Derek, not Derek Prince, Bob Mumford talking about watching surfers. Okay, he was in California watching all the surfers. I'm thinking surfing because I have a surfer in my family. Okay, and he said he noticed this guy come walking up the beach who had all the right clothes on, had the right look, had the right looking surfboard. And the truth was, this guy was what Bob called a poser because he couldn't surf. He was just trying to look like a surfer. He was trying to be cool. Okay? You know, how many of us do that? We're going to look, I'm applying it to wisdom. I'm going to look wise. I'm going to look dignified. I'm going to act this way. The truth is, you are very uncool and very unwise. You know? So the Bible tells us that we have, as Christianity, we have underrated happiness in the church. We've underrated it. We need, to, we need to bring up being happy is important to us. Okay? Now, this is something um, I was saying about something we used to tell people that I'm changing. Uh, your goal in marriage is not to be happy, but it's to have a good marriage. I'm thinking, uh, that ain't right. Because if you have a good marriage, you're going to be happy. You can't separate the two. That's a crazy, Ill, that's an illogical spiritual thought. Your goal, in, your goal in marriage is to have a very happy marriage. Okay? I want you to have a very happy marriage. That should, that should be your goal. Forget good. Be happy. If you're happy, it's going to be good. If you're unhappy, it's going to be bad. That's the truth. So you, we need to begin. So when we begin to pursue wisdom and ask God for wisdom, God is saying, Okay. I really want to make you happy. And that's going to be a manifestation that you got wisdom is that you're happy because everybody's looking for happiness. It's wonderful in the fact is that we, we don't have to choose between glorifying God, okay, and being happy. Because if we are pursuing happiness, we are glorifying God. Do y'all get that? If we're pursuing happiness, we're glorifying God. I know this is hard for you to believe this. It was hard for me when I started, first started thinking this way. Because all my life, I've been taught op- completely opposite. That's why I'm sort of belaboring the point with you. Because I realize it has, it has a hard time penetrating our minds and penetrating the spirit that's on us. That keeps us down and keeps us miserable, basically. Okay? I have a friend who is, well, okay, he's a very successful pastor in some ways. And I've always considered him to be a man of wisdom until recently. 
actually until this week, because this is what he told me. He said, Byron, you just would not believe how unhappy I am in my life. And he said, I've been that like that for years. And I always knew there was something wrong with my friend. Because every time I would hang around him for any period of time, guess what would happen to me? I'd be just down. I, I, would, I could literally go into this person's presence just happy and just, just, you know, just like, you know, life is good. And leave his presence thinking, dang, on, man, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, this is, this is terrible. And I'm thinking, what is, what's terrible? And finally I realized I had to actually protect myself from him. I had to protect myself when I was around him. And I love this guy. I love him to death. Yeah, because I realized he was pulling me, pulling me down. But he finally came to the reality. I wasn't going to tell him because I really didn't know, to tell you the truth. I wanted to tell him anytime there's something wrong with you, man. You know? No, that's not wisdom. <laughs> there's different manifestations of, of wisdom. But you know what the Bible says? One of the curses in the Old Testament in De- Deuteronomy 28, it, the Lord says, you're, he, he said, because you didn't serve me with gladness. You're cursed. That's in Deuteronomy 28. Because you didn't, you weren't, and, and when you begin to look at the scriptures all over the place, serve the Lord with gladness. Be glad. Be happy. Serve the Lord with happiness. You know, so God really wanted people from the beginning to be happy instead of feeling like we've got to serve God. Oh my gosh, I've got to serve God. You know, this is such a terrible thing. I've got to make all these self sacrifices. You know, I've got to die to myself. What a miserable life I've got now that I'm going to heaven. Because I was so happy before I even found out about God. You know, when I was out doing drugs and drinking and doing all these illicit things, I was just so happy. But then I found out about God and I felt like, oh, this is wrong. I've got to quit doing this. Oh, no. What am I going to... Well, I guess somehow I'll make it through life. You know? And I'm going to have to be a real serious, miserable human being while everybody else out there is having fun. And I can't have fun no more because I'm a Christian. And that's what people see in the church. Back in my day, I had a really good friend of mine. I grew up with him. And we became hippies together. And he had really long hair. And he went, he got saved. And, cause, and we were doing bad stuff. He got saved for him. He went to church and they met him at the door and said, You can't come in this church until you cut your hair and change your clothes. And he thought, Oh no, I'm not doing this. This is misery. And he walked away from God. You know? And, and of course, some people didn't know what, no better. They, they didn't know better because they were miserable themselves. And so they said, come join our miserable club and be miserable and look miserable because we know how you, you know, back then having long hair, you thought you looked good. That looks good. I want to have long hair and serve God. Can I do both? You know? Well, I don't have hair anymore, so I can't. <laughs> but I don't need that, that no more. You know, God has designed our lives this way, to be happy. He really has. And when we start living unhappily, we really do get messed up. I'm going to tell you something right now. You need to start paying attention to your heart. I haven't spent too much time on this one point. <laughs> if you will start paying attention to your heart, this is what I've learned how to do because 
this, I value, this is what I value. I value people who live out of their heart. I value that my, because I value that myself. Because that's, that's me. If you want to find me, you, you're going to find me in here. You're not going to find me out here. And so I'm always looking at my heart. And when I do something, you know what I do? I listen, I listen to what my heart's telling me. Does this make you happy? Are you liking this? Or are you absolutely miserable? And if I'm absolutely miserable, I'm thinking, I don't think this is God for me. Because God is not created us that. For that, Jesus was so full of joy. He was happy that one point in the Scriptures, it talks about when they sent the 70 out and sent the 12 out, it says that Jesus rejoiced, and literally it doesn't say that in the Greek. It said that Jesus literally bounced with enthusiasm. He was so excited. He was bouncing up and down. And one commentator said, literally like a rubber ball. Jesus was jumping around so happy. You know? Can you imagine Jesus being a miserable person? So here's, here's what we've got to do. Here's, here's righteousness. Righteousness is finding out what makes you happy in a way that honors God. Now, that's really what it boils down to. It, you, you, it's, it's evil is finding out what makes you happy in a way that dishonors God. Now, that's really what it boils down to. Because, see, God is in the equation. Right? He's in the equation of happiness. So He wants us to do things and be things that honor Him. Okay? It has to honor Him. If it dishonors God, you can't do it. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. You can't go out and do illicit drugs, even if it makes you happy, if it dishonors God, which obviously it does. So that's our question in life. Is, is, am I, first, does this, is this something that can honor God? Second thing is, in my, in my approach to it, does it honor God? So you can be obsessed. I, well, y'all weren't here in the second service last couple weeks ago, but I had to make the great confession of life that I'm a very obsessive person. I mean, I obsess over things to my own hurt because Becky lets me know. You know, when your wife lets you know something, it can be painful because <laughs> they don't let you forget. <laughs> You know, several times a day, you shall know that is not acceptable. <laughs> Anyways, I could be doing something that honors God, but I could be doing it in a way that doesn't honor Him, that's dishonoring to Him. You hear what I'm saying to you? And so that's the two questions. When I'm doing something like, you know, what's my heart telling me? My heart's saying, this is really great. I'm loving this. But your wife is back there at home very unhappy because I've dishonored her and going overboard with this. That's not honoring God. You see what I'm saying? And so I think when we begin to get this thing and begin to see, and so a wise man, he's going to be happy like, you know what? I need to make sure I'm taking care of my wife. You know? And not dishonor her. Because if I dishonor her, I'm dishonoring God. Woo, Lord, help my friend. Let me read this psalm. i got a couple more minutes, right? Or are you, just, are you done? My son, this is Proverbs 24. Isn't that a great revelation, though? Happy is the man who finds wisdom. I mean, that, to me, that's like, wow. That makes biblical sense. That's the way God is. 
My son, eat honey because it is good. Hey, <laughs> you know, because it's, that's what it says. Because it's good, eat it because it's good. It tastes good. You know, it's not like eating broccoli. You know, or Brussels sprouts. Or cauliflower. All those things that your wife makes you eat. <laughs> We're just eating vegetables tonight. And the honeycomb, which is sweet to your taste. Okay? Now, it's just trying to give us an illustration. So shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul. In other words, when we get wisdom, and we begin to get wisdom, it's going to be like eating something sweet. It's going to taste good to our life. It's going to make us feel good. Like, you know, I mean, I love eating sweets. You know, so I will eat them. If you have found it, there is a prospect, and your hope will not be cut off. And it's talking about wisdom. If you find wisdom, that's, that's where your future is. You have a future. You have a hope. There's something in front of you. Not only will wisdom make you happy, it will give you a future and a hope. It will make you see, see the future. It will cause you to see something that nobody else is seeing. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? It's the key. It's, it's not only it's the key to lasting happiness, it's the key to having a future and a hope. It really, it's a sort of like life and death situation. All right, let's read this one. Uh, Proverbs 19.8. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. Okay, that's how you're going to find good in your life. Things that are goodness to you is wisdom and understanding. Now, let me just read this one, Proverbs 15.21. Are y'all okay? See, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make a shift here in this church. Okay, this is the shift. Wisdom is no longer a sourpuss face. Wisdom is not some stoic guy. Wisdom is a happy person. Okay, and we're going to be Christians that are going to be happy. We may not be happy about a lot of things going on in our life. I'm not happy about what's going on in the country. Okay, but I can be happy in the Lord. I can be happy in who God created me to be, and I can be happy in what God's called me to do. And I can find happiness and fulfillment in my life. And that's really how we should live our life. Proverbs 15:21. Folly is joy to him who is destitute of discernment. Folly is joy, or folly is happiness to him who is destitute of discernment. But a upright, but a, but a man of understanding walks upright. So there's. Let me get this. Everybody, I want you to make sure you understand this. Everybody in the world is thirsting for happiness. Everybody is. For thirsting for it. Here's what a lot of American men do when they get in their 50s. They're thinking about their retirement. They're thinking about how they're going to live when they retire. So that's going to make them happy to feel like they're producing something now to take care of something then. Okay? Okay? That's, that's, that, that's, that's what happens to us. So what I'm trying to say to us, everybody's looking for something that's going to make them feel happy. If you feel happy, uh, uh, an insecure person is a very happy person or an unhappy person. Are y'all following this? Well, you know, happiness creates security. Happiness is the outcome of security. So when we're trying to be secure, we're actually looking for happiness. We're actually, oh, man, if I can just be secure when I get old and nobody loves me no more, you know, because my teeth are loose, the rest of my hair has fallen out, I can't hardly put three or four sentences together to preach anymore, I don't have any way of doing anything anymore. I can barely get up and you know, get, get up to the pulpit. Nobody's going to want to hear me no more. I'm not going to have a way of making a living anymore. You can apply that to where, how you make a living. 
Okay? So, uh, everybody has this insatiable thirst in them to be happy. It's, it really is the way we go about it because you can be going about a way of happiness that's folly. Now, that's, that's, that's what we've got to make sure we, we, we get a hold of this morning. Okay? It's, you can be in folly and not even know it in what you're doing in your life. You can be doing stuff that's absolutely foolishness and not even understand it. No, there's Christians who are doing that. There are Christians who are doing stuff that's like, it's because they lack discernment. They lack wisdom. And they're destroying their life. They're making decisions. They're making choices. That's hurtful decisions, hurtful choices. Okay? But you know why they're making those? Because they're doing just what you and I are doing. They're wanting to be happy. And so, the way we overcome that is we begin to realize that God has made available His wisdom to us. And when we begin to seek God for wisdom, the outcome of it should be happiness. And if a person is doing stuff that's crazy and they claim they're wise, this just what I'm trying to do is because I, I, we're constantly dealing with stuff. People doing stuff like, man, that, that's not wise, man. Man, do not do that. You're making a terrible mistake. You know why they're doing it? Because they're, they're wanting to be happy, but they have folly in their heart. They don't have wisdom in their heart. And our prayer for them should be, I'm telling you here, our prayer for people, our prayer for people should be, Lord, give them wisdom. Lord, give them wisdom. Give that boy wisdom. He's destroying his family, Lord. Give him wisdom. Give him wisdom. Because we go try to correct their behavior and rebuke them and admonish them, and it does them no good because they're like this. It's a joy to him because they are destitute of real wisdom. I think I've gone on long enough with this. Yeah. You know, this is something. This is, this is a sign for you in your life with the stuff you're going after that's, that's making you happy. You think, this is going to make me happy. How does it leave you? Does it leave you unsatisfied? Does it leave you frustrated? Does it leave you like, there's got to be more? You know, is this, something's wrong here. At the end of the day, when you're all alone and nobody else is around, and it's just you and God and your thoughts. And the things you've done with your life, the things you've pursued, and you realize, they didn't, that didn't fulfill me. That, was, that really didn't fulfill me. You know, that's a good sign to know that we're not really walking in wisdom. Because that, that happiness was very temporal, and it just left us like that. So, amen? So, Lord, this is what you want to do. You want to make us happy, Lord, in a right way, in a really true way, Lord, because you really have called us to be happy people. Because, God, we can't look at your face and see an unhappy God. If we're going to see God, we're going to see a happy God. We're going to see a happy God. We're not going to see a miserable God. We're not going to see a God that's unhappy with his life. 
So I want to ask you, I just want to ask you this morning about your life. This is it, about your heart. Okay? I want to ask you, you look at your heart and ask your heart that question and see what your heart tells you about things you're pursuing or how you're pursuing these things. And see what your heart really tells you. See if it tells you, because your heart will tell you the truth. If you really, really get down to your heart, it'll tell you the truth. It'll tell you, you know what? I don't really want to do that. I don't feel called to do that. That's not who I really am. I don't want to do that with my life. You know, I don't want to work, you know, 12 hours a day, six days a week. I don't want to do that in my life. I, want to, I really do want to, to bless my family. I want to be there for them. I want to love them. I want to, have, I want to be with God. That, this is what I want to do. And if you'll begin to listen to that heart, God will make a way for you. Okay? He will make a way for you to really do what's in your heart. Because the Bible tells us that heart reside, the wisdom resides in our heart. That's where it resides at. It resides in a man's heart. That's what it tells us. Because when God came to Solomon and gave him wisdom, guess it says he put wisdom in his heart. He didn't put it in his brain. He put it in his heart. So, you know, one thing we can do is we can ask the Lord to forgive us for our wrong view of what wisdom is. And, so, and just tell him, Lord, I, I'm sorry I thought wisdom was stoic or I thought wisdom was standoffish or I thought wisdom was serious. See, I found in my life that when I begin to agree with God and disagree with myself and what I thought what I believed, what I understood. When I began to say, you know what, I thought wrong on that. I understood wrong and I believed wrong on that, Lord, and I confess that to you. Something happens. There's an exchange that happens. And we begin to get His thoughts. We begin to get His understanding. We begin to get a new belief system. And that was the first thing I did when I began to see wisdom like this. You know what, Lord, I am so sorry. I thought wisdom was misery. I thought you had to be old and wore out to be wisdom. And I found out you really don't have to be. You can be young and happy and be full of wisdom. How many people feel like they need wisdom in their life this morning? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Well, I've got that great. Stand up. I'm going to ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Because you know what the Bible says? It says, if a man lacks wisdom, just let him ask the Lord and the Lord will give it. And he doesn't hold any kind of... So all we've got to do is ask him. Father, we ask you right now for wisdom to be released to these people in this room, Lord. Everybody in this room needs wisdom. And, Lord, we're going to know when the wisdom comes and begins to manifest our life because people are going to get, begin to be a lot more happier, a lot more satisfied, a lot more fulfilled in their lives, Lord. And they're going to be able to walk in a lot more peace. They're going to be able to walk in a lot more joy and righteousness, Lord. They're going to be able to really not be so full of worry and anxiety. Lord, let's just renounce worry and anxiety. Come on. That's not wisdom. That is, we just renounce, we renounce worry and anxiety in, the, in Jesus' name. We just say that is not wisdom from above. That's demonic wisdom. That's worldly wisdom. Lord, we renounce it in Jesus' name. And we ask you to forgive us, Lord. Just forgive us, Lord. 
And Lord, we want to just receive that wisdom from above, which is pure and peaceable, easy to entreat and full of full of joy, full of just happiness, Lord. Lord, just bring it on down and let's begin to see that, Lord. Lord, our lives don't have to be so serious. We don't have to take ourselves so serious. We don't have to take what we're doing so seriously, Lord, because you've taken it seriously for us, Lord. And Lord, if you, unless you build the house, we labor in vain, Lord. Unless you guard the city, we guard the city in vain, Lord. So, Lord, why should we fretful and live our lives fretfully and worryful and sorrowful and eat the fruit of hard labor, Lord? Why should we do that, Lord? We shouldn't do that, Lord. Lord, we are choosing today, Lord, to receive something from heaven that will change us, Lord, and change our outlook on life and cause us to come alive on the inside, Lord. And, Lord, cause us to be able to do things that honor you, Lord, and doesn't dishonor other people, Lord, but honor you. And we do it in ways that honor you and bless you, Lord, and glorify you, Lord. I want you to say to, say to the Lord, say this, say, Father, I do not believe that, that my happiness disqualifies your glory. I believe my happiness is a sign of your glory. That you're happy, God. That you're overjoyed. And God, I choose to become like you. Because I'm a new creation. And I'm already like you. And I'm going to make a choice today to begin to live like you. Think like you. Understand like you. And I invite you into my mind right now. And I give you these crazy thoughts. These lying thoughts. And I want your thoughts instead. And Lord, you said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Lord, you want us to be happy. Say, Lord, you want me to be happy. You want me to be full of pleasure. You want me to be fulfilled in my life. And so, Lord, I choose your wisdom right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise the Lord. Anybody who's sick this morning would like prayer. Or if you would like, if you feel like you need a breakthrough in any area of your life today, you come out here and we are carriers, like I said at the beginning, we have the breakthrough. Because we have, we have God in us. And I believe this, I believe this. If God's called me to be a pastor, if He's called any of these other people to be pastors, leaders, people who pray, They've got the ability to bring you into breakthrough because God has called them. He's given them that truth. So you come out here and let somebody lay hands on you and something will happen in your life. I believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. So come on. I